Well, hey there, and welcome to another episode of One Life. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. Our mission at One Life is to inspire you to take risks, dream big, and to live your life on purpose. Well, guys, this month's sponsor is Strange Bird Media. We love Strange Bird. They're based in Nashville, Tennessee. They're a full-service production company providing video, photography, graphics, and web design. As creative content developers, they work with agencies, brands, and artists alike to produce high-end media solutions with a fresh touch and a unique style. So if you had not had a chance yet, go on over to their website, strangebirdmedia.com, and tell them Chris and Jenny sent you. So since jumping into this world of podcasting, I've tried to become a student of really skilled conversationalists and learn what I like about different styles of interviewing. And someone I have learned a ton from is our good friend and very special guest today, Heather McFadden. Did I say it right? McFadden. McFadden. She likes to say it. McFadden. Yeah. All right. She's just refreshingly authentic, guys. She's a speaker, blogger, host of the incredibly popular podcast, The God Centered Mom, which is one of my favorites. Heather. Oh, me too. <laughs> Heather's really good at, and what we try to do as well, just really creating a space for real, honest, raw conversation. She's always thoughtful of her listeners and good at giving her guests plenty of room to share. So in this episode, you'll hear the story and heart behind how Heather stumbled into podcasting and what she learned after five years and over 200 episodes later. I encourage moms to pursue their passions and gifts because it models for them that we can if we just set all those things aside so that our kids have these perfect lives, we're shortchanging their life, actually, because we're not modeling for them what it looks like. We also chat with Heather about what she's learned after almost 20 years of being married to an adventure-loving entrepreneur, how to embrace a life where risk-taking is the norm, and how to encourage healthy risk-taking in your kids. We love this conversation with our good friend Heather she is refreshing and real and honest, and you're going to love her too. So here is Heather. All right, guys. Well, we are excited for today's episode. We have a special guest. She's a wife of an entrepreneur, mom of four boys, speaker, blogger, and host of an extremely popular podcast called God-Centered Mom. We are so honored to welcome to the show today, Heather McFadden. Welcome to the party. We're glad you're here. Thanks, you guys. And way to go on the last name. You did awesome. We had some coaching. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we get the whole crazy last name thing. So, well, we're really pumped to have you here. I know Jenny's been enjoying, you know, building a friendship with you and hearing your story and hear what's happening in your life. So, for that being said, for our listeners who don't know you, would you take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, and what you do? Yeah. So I, like you said, I'm a mom to four boys. They take up a lot of my time. They're ages six to 12 and three of them attend a private school and one is homeschooled. So I spend a lot of time with him. Uh, we just yeah. ran around the neighborhood this morning. <laughs> Literally like, like school I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah nice. No, he, he wants to do a triathlon. So we're training. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah By, so like, we, you're doing it with him. That's cool. I'm not going to do the try. <laughs> I'm not. But I will get the exercise in when I can. And then I do the podcast in between. Um, I'm licensed as a speech-language pathologist, but don't practice right now. And I'm wife to Bruce and all of <laughs> whatever he's up to. Everyone's always <laughs> like, what's Bruce doing now? I said, how long ago do we talk? Because yeah. <laughs> I got it depends on what update I give you. 
That's awesome. Oh yeah. man. Well, God bless you and yeah. my wife and people who are married to people like yes, us. Yes, we're in the same boat, girl. Yeah. With your sister. Like we commiserated. Fun. We commiserated. Yeah. 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 yeah, Bruce and I need to hang out. Okay. He would love it. All right. So this podcast thing, this little startup thing you've done over 205 episodes yeah. of God Center Mom has really taken on this crazy life of its own the last few years. And we want to talk about kind of what sparked this original dream to start this podcast and how did this dream come to life? What's so interesting about that question is I had no dream to start a podcast. <laughs> Um, I would say if I went backwards in time and talked about dreams, it would be to be a mom. Mm -hmm. At some point, it was to be a pediatrician because I liked kids so much that I thought, Mm -hmm. and I liked science, and it sounded sexy when you told people. (laughs) They reacted like, oh, doctor, whoa. So it was all about like other people's approval. And then as I started having kids, one of my good friends from college became a speaker. And I vividly remember a conversation with her about, man, that would be so cool to speak. I have drama in my background. I didn't mind the stage, really enjoyed that. And I thought that would be pretty epic. But here I was home with little kids changing diapers. This friend was off traveling around the world. And I thought, how do I get from here to there? I just didn't even have a starting point or next steps. So I said it out loud, but I didn't think it could do anything or be anything. But God had other ideas. I was back in the days before Facebook. So I had a family blog and all of my friends had blogs. So you would have the role on the sidebar of all your friends. And it was way from my family and my husband's family to kind of keep up to date. It was like Instagram 11 years ago. Right. But then it was this season where... I was kind of miserable in motherhood too. Mm. All this thing that I dreamed of and I was so excited about um, was overwhelming and I was struggling big time. I would stay up all night feeding my third and then right before my husband would go off to work, he would wake me up. He'd done the morning routine and I'd wake up to really energetic boys who needed me the rest of the day. And I was very reactive, like I've mentioned. And I just was dealing with need after need after need and feeling very unfulfilled and would go to bed just exhausted again. And uh, a friend mentioned Catley's Maximize Your Morning ebook. And I Mm. thought, that sounds ridiculous. I don't get enough sleep as it is. Why would I ever think about maximizing my mornings? (laughs) Uh, But I read it. It was only a few pages, so it was pretty easy. And she pitched a shortened version, I think, in my mind. And sometimes we do this. It has to be big and this major habit um, instead of a small step. And so I just got up five minutes earlier and read one verse, said a little prayer, looked at my calendar, maybe did a few push-ups. And... (laughs) I started feeling better. Um, And then she started these accountability groups and she was actually my captain and I was doing it. I was getting up, I was starting this habit and then I got the flu, which moms are not allowed to get. (laughs) And I thought, oh, there it is. I thought I could do this habit and I was wrong. And so I was giving up. I thought this is not for me. And fortunately, Kat was good enough to check in on me and say, hey, we've noticed you haven't been around. Are you okay? And I explained Mm -hmm. my excuse, you know, having sick. And she said, you know, you can just jump right in anytime. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, she's not going to let me get away with this. (laughs) Um, So that was years ago. And ever since, that's been part of my story of meeting with God every morning before my kids would wake up so that I was equipped 
and kind of ahead of the game slightly. It doesn't mean that I still didn't get angry. It wasn't like I was this Mary Poppins mom all day and like singing around the house, but it was better than what it was before. And so I started writing about things God was teaching me on this family blog. That's kind of, I think, when things started for me. And then there was another major moment for me. Um, I was asked to share a testimony at our mops group. And I'd been up early that morning watching the Royal Wedding, which <laughs> I know we have another one coming up, but this was the, my Royal Wedding experience. And nice. I was a little bit exhausted and even sat in the audience and told my friend who was the director of the mops, you know, everyone's kind of said everything. I don't think I need to go up there and talk. <laughs> and here, like, didn't I say my dream was to speak? Right. And I was unwilling to step up to the mic in front of my people and my little community and share my story. I almost didn't do it. And she said, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you have something to say. Get mm-hmm. up there. And I'm forever grateful for her prodding because while I was up there in my delusional state of exhaustion, <laughs> the Holy Spirit <laughs> had space to speak through me. And that's where the God Center Mom idea came. And it was a month later that I started that site and switched to writing there. And a year into writing there, an agent found the site and he reached out and he represented a lot of New York Times bestselling authors. And it was kind of a shock because that wasn't a dream of mine either to write books. But I thought, well, if God, you've given me this opportunity, I need to be obedient and take advantage of it. And even though I just had a newborn, my fourth son, I'm going to put any energy I have into this. Well, that just was really a struggle. My husband was in a entrepreneurial season of staying up all the time, slept like two hours a night. Mm. Um, We were exhausted, fourth boy. And it was just a lot of pouring out. And I thought, this isn't worth it. I was hitting my head against the wall as far as the writing. I thought this would be an easy thing. And it turns out it's hard to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's crazy. So um, I kind of stepped back away from it, read some books on writing, took a breather, saw a counselor actually to get some healing and uh, just to have her say, it's okay that you're feeling like you're feeling because you're yeah. going through a lot right now. And then decided to pick it up again and thought I was meeting with publishers. And it turns out my agent didn't really feel like there was space in the market right then for a mom book. And so I sat there like I'd given up a lot of commitments. I used to help run a conference here in Dallas and told them I couldn't do it anymore. Other commitments at church and things and thought I'm going all in for this book that God gave me. Um, and I need to be obedient. And when I had all this space open up and passion to do something, I ended up starting a podcast instead. And so it was a parent rejection that actually led to the direction of the podcast. That's so cool. I love that when things don't work out the way that we thought they would, that God always opens another door. And that's so cool to see how he opened the door for you to write a book. And then it turned into this whole other ministry that he had for you that you had no idea through this podcast and really serving moms in that way. But I have a question. You've done this for four years, right? Is it four? Yeah, Yeah, almost five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost five years. So after five years of doing this podcast and interviewing wise mentors and leaders, what are a couple of the greatest lessons you've learned? Hmm. Do you do strength finders? Do y'all do strength finders? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So input is one of mine. Okay. Which can be dangerous. So all of this input, um, I have to be um, wise myself to know what's for me, what's not for me. Mm, And 
even remind the listener that not everything shared is for you in that moment, because I don't want a lot of moms listening and going home and telling their husbands, well, now we got to change everything. I just heard this podcast <laughs> guest and we're, we're switching everything. So um, just That's realizing, so yeah, like when I was a new mom and I was trying to sleep train our oldest and there were three different resources people gave me and they all gave completely different views oh yes. and saying that the other one was wrong. And I yes. was like, how can these all be mm -hmm. claiming to be right? I blew yeah. my mind. So realizing that I needed to trust God and the Holy Spirit in even sleep training and yeah. take what little nuggets I could. So I think that's what I've learned being an input junkie is it's not necessarily knowing more that's going to direct my steps. It's knowing the one who directs my steps and trusting mm -hmm. him and just perspective too. I love interviewing moms who have gone before and recognizing how this is such a vital role. And yet we can't find our identity, our worth, our value yeah. in how our kids turn out or what our kids think of us, you know, when they yeah. tell us that you're mean or you're a terrible mom and <laughs> it can be really hurtful when we've poured our lives out and to recognize that God ultimately says who we are and to be faithful to him first is a lot of what I've been learning. That's so good. I feel like that's something you you do really well in your podcast is you're always constantly thinking of the listener. You look out for them even when, you know, like if, if a guest is talking about something, you're really good to go, okay, I know there's teachers listening or I know there's this kind of mom listening and here's what she's probably asking right now. And nine times out of 10, you're right. So I just love that you keep that in mind and you've just gotten really good at doing what God's made you to do in this podcast. So thanks for doing it. Thank you. Um, do you have a favorite episode or two? Um, you know, it's always hard to pick favorites, right? Like favorite right. children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, it is. But I, when I get asked this, I find my mind goes immediately to guests that have passed away. Does that sound terrible? That's no, terrible. Yeah. But a couple of them, it's just, again, it's that perspective. And one, she went to seminary in her 50s. Her name is Vicki Kraft. She was a really big figure in our church. And okay. as far as the legacy she left and ministry she left, and she was our first women's minister we ever had. And just the role of women in leadership, and I know that's a hot topic right now, I felt like mm -hmm. she led the charge. Women in their 50s going to seminary, that wasn't really a thing, and she was not afraid to do that. But then she was also good about discipling women in her home. And so to be in her presence, and she knew she was steps away from heaven's door. And it was like she had one foot here and one foot in heaven. And I got in the car after doing that interview live with her in her living room. I bawled. It was like a gift. It was like I was handed faith mm. and confidence that this thing she gave her life to was worth it. Mm. Anyway, so I'm tearing up about that. That's ridiculous. But it's not ridiculous. And then, love it. Do what yeah, makes yeah. you cry. And yes, exactly. And then good. the other one was um, my 100th episode. It makes it easy to remember which number because it was 100. Uh, was with Jen Klaus. She was also another dominant female leader in the Dallas community who just loved people well. She was known for her heart for God and for people and and her boldness. And so. Uh, she had breast cancer and it came back and she also had a little four-year-old boy at the time when she passed. And just the perspective of the get-tos as a mom, getting to pick your kids up from school, which is something we see as like, oh, carpool, I hate carpool. Mm -hmm. And how she, her friends had to do that for her. 
just ideas on how to love people well that are going through hard times. And then just her whole perspective of heaven again, that anything good we see in this life is a glimpse of the beauty of heaven and to take note that it's it's a taste, but to enjoy it. It's okay. It's okay to enjoy those things because God put them here to reveal a little bit of the goodness he has waiting for us. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. And I and I love too, I mean, you know, before we talk, you talked a little bit about being a free spirit and, you know, kind of go with the flow. The fact that you have put in the time to stay faithful with and not give up and, and have 205 plus episodes where you've had the opportunity to glean wisdom from people who have just done this life is, is amazing. And the fact that you're sitting here getting ready to share two people whose lives are still making an impact even after they've left, man, it's so special. So thank you so much for sharing that. Of course, of course. So what are, you know, you, you talk to a lot of people, a lot of parents, you know, obviously it's called the God Center Mom, and I, but I'm here from a dad's perspective. I'm sure you've heard from a ton of people. What are a few of the greatest needs that you hear from parents who listen to your show? I think the mom that's first drawn to my show wants to get it so right. Like she thinks I'm going to hand her a formula (laughs) to be the God-centered mom. And so her heart is already type A and perfectionist. Mm. And so then I feel like my role is to come alongside her and say, I get those desires, but (laughs) (laughs) however, (laughs) however, we aren't going to get it right. Everyone says there's no perfect mom. And you tell a mom who's a perfectionist that she's like, whatever, I'm going to still try. (laughs) Like... I remember my husband giving me feedback. He's like, well, why do you care so much? And um, it's not like you can stop caring or stop being that driven person, but to drive it towards surrender and to drive that perfection towards just a release. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of parents struggling in that not enoughness, failure fears, some of them not growing up in homes of faith. And so they don't have anything to emulate. So they're hoping someone will say, this is what you do to get it right. And not realizing that already they're doing maybe more than their parents did by the fact that they have chosen faith, by the fact that they are seeking out wise counsel and they are reading God's word, that he sees that and that faithfulness to those things he can work with. He's he's already got a plan for our kids. And it's, yes, we have our part, but he gets to decide the outcome. Mm-hmm. And to not be fearful that if our kids have some train wreck, that that means we failed, but that that train wreck might be the thing that brings them to mm-hmm. Jesus. Releasing all those those fears is, I think, one of the things mm-hmm. that parents are looking for. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I want to just kind of take a little bit of a sidetrack here for a second. I want to talk about you and your husband. And it sounds like he's entrepreneurial. And yes. you're sounds like you're creative and you're out there or whatever. Jenny and I, I think we find ourselves in that same boat. And I know there are guys and gals who listen to this podcast who maybe one is entrepreneurial, the other one's trying to figure out how to operate within that, or both of them are, and go, how do we reach these dreams and go after it? How does that work in your household? How do you guys work together to flush out your gifts, your talents, and your dreams and where everyone's kind of fully alive and living? I think what I had to realize when my husband would come to me with some new idea is I would start playing out how this is going to (laughs) work. And I had to realize part of the enjoyment for him is just thinking the ideas Mm -hmm. and that giving him the freedom to do that and process through it without 
crushing his idea because I would say nine out of 10 times, it's not going to happen. It's just, he enjoys that. And just like I enjoy making messes around our house, (laughs) he has to appreciate that I might start a project and not finish it and leave it out on the counter for months. And I appreciate that he just has these ideas and he wants to flesh them out. I'll tell you the habit that we've built that has truly connected our hearts more than any other thing we've done in our marriage is on Saturday mornings, you know, kids will maybe be watching TV. Maybe we've made them breakfast already, but we leave them in the house, leave one phone, take one phone and grab our coffees and walk around the neighborhood Mm. and talk. And it is so life-giving. And in a season when he was actually working from home a lot, we would even do it during the week and just walk around the neighborhood. And it was so helpful for, I think guys like the side to side better than face to face Mm. communication. And so he would open up in a way he would rely on me more. He's four years older than me. And so it tended to be like a, you know, older, (laughs) younger thing dynamic, (laughs) but it was more like we were in this together and I would share ideas I had and he's a lot more strategic and is thinking than I am. And so he would help me bring that to life. I hosted my first live event last fall and that definitely wouldn't have happened if we didn't have those Saturday morning walks and just processing it through it with him and me actually completing a project. Um, But (laughs) I think the dynamic works when we remember we're on the same team and we give space to talk when life is so full with kids and commitments and just demands and phones. I mean, it's just a sweet part of our week that we really treasure and fight for. That's awesome. That's such great advice. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, with a entrepreneur husband and the things you guys have done, what's the biggest risk that you've taken and how did it turn out? On the, on oh, the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many. Um, <laughs> That's great. So we were living, we moved to San Francisco like a couple years into our marriage and Bruce used to do research for hedge funds. So he uh, worked for a research company out of Chicago and then would travel around the country and meet with different hedge funds and share the research. And so all of his clients just happened to be on the West Coast. And so we lived in San Francisco. And he and a buddy from our church there in San Francisco wanted to start a hedge fund. At the same time, I wanted to start graduate school. Mm. And there was one day he came home and he'd already worked at this company a good five or six years and traveled a lot. And he was like, I really want to go get my MBA. And I thought, well, who's going to pay for our food? (laughs) If you're in school and I'm in school, how is this going to work out? And then he didn't get into his MBA program, but I did. And he decided to start this hedge fund with a friend. So it wasn't just who's going to pay for our food. Now we're putting money into a business Mm -hmm. and moving across the country on our own expense, not on a company's expense. And so that was probably the biggest risk. Fortunately, we didn't have kids at the time. So we moved in the summer of 2011. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm having this. 2001. So summer of 2001. And I was supposed to start grad school the week of September, like I think September 14th or something. Uh-huh. And September 11th happened. And Bruce was his office, his brand new office was in the World Trade Center in Chicago, the Chicago Board of Trade, basically. And turn on the TV to watch Oprah. Mm. 
and I'm watching planes fly into buildings and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what have we done? What have we done? This is the biggest mistake ever. And when it, all the dot-coms were failing, mm-hmm. the confidence in young entrepreneurs was nil. Mm-hmm. To, <laughs> I mean, it was not there. Yeah. People did not want to give them money to invest. Right. And when the world's falling apart. And so he ended up taking a job in Dallas, but I was still in grad school. So for two years, actually a year and a half, he flew back and forth every weekend. And I would study all week. And then he would come back for the weekend and we just have like a fun time in Chicago. And then he'd go back and I'd study all week. And wow. it was a easier like school life balance than a lot of my other friends that were married at the time who were trying to juggle it all week long. And it helped me grow up a little bit since I did get married when I was 21. But it was not easy. And we made it through that. And we're now in Dallas full time and everything, you know. <laughs> It's work, quote unquote worked yeah. out. <laughs> Four kids later. Yeah. yeah no. Four kids later. That's the thing yeah. that's so, that I love about your story. And I, and I think even for ours as well. You know, you guys have been married how many years? How long have you been married? 19 years. 19, 19. years. That's amazing. And, you know, for us, we'll be 14 this summer. And so and those, those moments that are so scary, like especially in that moment, you're thinking, what did we do? Yeah. And you think like your whole life is going to fall apart. And then you look up at 19 years and go, man, we've had some amazing opportunities. We've had some failures along the way, but we're still here. And yeah. now we love each other and, yeah. and things are more important now. The things that maybe we thought were important then weren't. And you come on the other side of it stronger yeah. and realize that, you know what, what's what's really important. And, yeah. and this whole idea of one life is that we've got one life, right? And if you if you mm-hmm. do it right, that's all you really need. And so yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm, you know, I, I love that you took risks and you went for it. And it sounds like you guys are continuously doing that. And even now, now trying to help implant that into your kids to help them take risks and maybe share a little bit of that. What are some of the things you're challenging your kids to do to step outside their comfort zone so they can live this wild, full life like you and your husband are trying to do? Yeah, I think um, I would say a common theme in my life before my husband was fear. <laughs> so ironically, wow. um, yeah. he partnered me with someone who's very uh, – fine with risk and um, <laughs> very fine so cool. actually fine. Does that. loves fa- loves risk <laughs> actually he prefers risk yeah. he, would, he, he gets pretty bored when the job gets to the place that you're just keep yeah. the trains running no he's ready oh, to be man. done at that point um so he yeah he's more thriving in a, a risk oriented place and so my tendency is to polarize the situation and so make everything really comfortable, convenient, and controlled for the boys. And I have to almost push myself to say, why aren't you making them do that? That's hard. And it's okay if they try something hard and it's okay if they fail in that. It's not a big deal. Um, So I think Bruce better models the risk. I don't even know that the boys truly understand the risks that he's taken in their lifetime. Um, even, yeah, he quit a, a really great job to start a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> the easiest wow. thing on the planet to do, a restaurant. <laughs> the worst Cheapest business. Oh, the yeah. worst business to ever run. It really and, is. <laughs> yeah, I think that was his midlife crisis, but uh-huh. it's fine. That's, hey, we're, you're still <laughs> The market and, research was amazing. Yeah, to get I bet to it go. was. <laughs> I bet it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it is still a great idea, but maybe in the future. Yeah. So, and then just to 
have the boys watch him. They were old enough then to watch him kind of process through. That's when he became a strength finders coach and started taking risks as far as putting himself out there as a fractional CFO. And he's really good at talking with them about all those things. He drives them to school every day. So letting them ask questions. If they have an idea, we have this crazy St. Patrick's Day party around our neighborhood and they had the idea to sell lemonade. I had no lemonade. So they got creative and they made iced tea and were out there and, you know, had a fog machine and just the feedback they were getting from the drunken people walking by of (laughs) way to take a risk, way to be entrepreneurial. I think that they don't get that what they're doing is different or risky. Um, One of my sons has started a film company, quote unquote, has business cards. Doesn't realize like that's not like a normal thing for (laughs) kids to do. But um, I think there's ways that we don't even know that we're building into our kids and and their ability to take risks. Yeah. As as adult men, I think they'll get, oh, not everybody does that. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Or their wife will go, honey, not everybody does that. I mean, like growing up for me, my dad was a politician. So I didn't know any different that we campaign all the time, that we put ourselves out there, that your dad would be in the newspaper. That was normative for me. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I knew. And I think that we forget that these are our kids' stories too. It's like, oh, my mom has a podcast. Yeah. Mom, are you famous? No, (laughs) not. But why do people come up to you and say they listen to your show? They really um, need help and God's using this to help them get help. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that they'll get that that's a thing. Right. Like your mom had a podcast. Great. Your mom was a speech pathologist. I encourage moms to pursue their passions and gifts because it models for them that we can. Yeah. That's an option. If we just set all those things aside so that our kids have these perfect lives, we're shortchanging their life actually because we're not modeling for them what it looks like. And my husband's parents, my parents – we're all gifted, talented followers of Christ who use their gifts in a variety of ways. Doctor, lawyer, politician, rights activists. His mom has started all these ministries for international students who are living in the United States and connecting them with American families and all kinds of mission work around the world. That's what my boys have all seen modeled for them. And I think that we'll see the fruit of that, I think, in their lives. Absolutely. That is such a great point. And I think a lot of parents listening deal with finding that balance. We've talked about that a lot on other episodes that we all feel that like, okay, I need to be faithful with the gifting that God's put inside of me and not just put it aside during my parenting years so that I can focus on, I love what you said, uh, focus on making these kids have perfect parents. That's not the goal of parenting. And they need to see us living out what God has put inside of us to do so that they can do that as well. How do you find that balance though? Because there is a sense of parenting where it does require some sacrifice. It does require laying your life down and giving the best of yourself to your kids. Um, How do you find that balance? I think what I'm discovering, the more people I interview and just processing through motherhood and how it interacts, like you said, I feel like motherhood is a ministry. These are people that we get to touch their soul in a way that nobody else will. We get to demonstrate love in a way no one else will. We lay the foundations. When they read the Bible and it says God loves you, they're going to go back and think, how was I loved? But I think we do a disservice to the role of motherhood if we say it only looks like you stay home all the time and homeschool your kids. I was homeschooled. Mm -hmm. My mom stayed home. She also taught. She also did other things. 
I think we shortchange God's role when we think it's up to us to be fully present all the time, say everything right, sign them up for all the things. I'm amazed at how, as families, we're sacrificing the good stuff because we think we should do some things. We should have them on this club soccer team because they might miss out on what? (laughs) How many kids get scholarships? Very few. And just take that money you spent on all those club sports and invest them. You'll have a scholarship amount of money. It's real. It's very <laughs> it's yeah. kind of ridiculous where couples aren't together over the weekends because one dad's doing one thing, one, the mom's doing another thing with one kid and another kid. And instead we can say, what is our family doing? What's our goal? It doesn't mean we have to not be in the world or it doesn't mean that we don't follow the passions God's given us, but we don't sign up for things because we think we should or because we're afraid our kids are going to miss out. I think that there are a lot of intentional choices we can make in parenting that have less to do with we stay home, we homeschool, and more to do with let's look at the big picture, the overall, the goal. Like where are kids headed? What are we hoping for their lives? This one life like you guys are so good about talking about. And how are we choosing our time and our interest? And I, yes, I do this podcast and yes, I do homeschool and yes, I technically stay home. But there's a lot of things I say no to with the podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to put the blinders on to not go on social media and see what everybody else is doing to promote their podcast. I do not have the bandwidth for that. That is not in what God wants me to do right now. And I trust him to multiply it. If I think that there's some strategic plan I have to follow, some marketing strategy I have to follow to make this be quote unquote big and miss out on my real life to Mm. make this thing big, I think I lose. I think that's not the point or the goal. But when I create the content, follow what God has for me right now, if he says, stop doing it tomorrow, I stop doing it tomorrow. I'm just following his lead every step and not feeling like I should do something because so-and-so is around me. Preach it, girl. That is so good. And I think that's why God has blessed and multiplied what you're doing because you're faithful to that. You know, you're not willing to forfeit your soul to gain the world. You know, mm-hmm. I was telling Chris before we got on this morning, like, here's what I love about Heather. She is not out there blasting everybody with, here's five tips to do this. And then here's this so that you can, you know, come listen to my podcast. And she's not marketing at every single turn, but God is blessing what she's doing. And every single week you're in the top five, you know, and you're not even trying and you don't even seem to care. You're just like, I don't care about charts. I don't care about that. I just care about the people who I'm talking to through this podcast, the people I'm ministering to and being faithful with what God's called me to. And he's blessing it. I think if you create great content and trust God, it fits really what he's assigned you to in this season. Mm -hmm the people who benefit from it become your marketers. Yes. Yes. And if you don't make space for them because they're like, well, she's already talking about it enough. Yeah, right. You don't let them have a chance to have a voice and share and say, this is really, I love this. It's like when you see a good movie, you tell all your friends about it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then I would sacrifice working on what actually helps them Mm-hmm. to market yeah. what they're already doing. Yeah. No, it's great. That's a whole other love podcast. It. Love it, love it. All right, we're going <laughs> yes. to wrap this thing up. Okay. Um, we like to kind of finish up with these three just genius questions. That, 
I'm sure you <laughs> with, but they're super great. And we are so many people tell us, I love the three questions at the end. So here we go. Okay. What's a book that's changed your life? What's a habit that's changed your life? And what advice would you give to the younger Heather? Changed my life. Wow. <laughs> it's a big statement. It is a big statement. Well, the book that inspired God Center Mom was From Pride to Humility by Scott Stewart. It's a very tiny little booklet, recognizing that a lot of the symptoms I dealt with in different Bible studies, their core root was actually pride. Mm. And um, that's where that phrase, replacing me with he, came from. Um, then habit is that Hello Mornings, my friend Kat Lee, just getting up before the kids. And I'd say changed our marriage is the walk. The walk together. Oh, which I already kind of mentioned. And then um, – So hold on. This yeah. walk thing, like yeah. it's just a simple thing. But I mean I bet you a bunch of people – I mean I'm sure you've talked about it before. But you need to trademark that or share that <laughs> or say, hey, here's the walk. And then like what you said, people are going to be like, so what do you do on the walk? How do you talk on the walk? Yeah. And it's like just go just on a go walk. Right. Right. Yeah, spouse. just go on a walk. Yeah. So where I got that idea was actually from Shauna Nequist, who I think got the idea from Rebecca Lyons. Um, so, but it looked different for everybody. So yeah. Rebecca Lyons, she lived in the city. They went on the little um, balcony of their apartment and just sat out mm-hmm. there while their kids were asleep inside. And it was just like their date. It's not really a date. And then um, I think Sean and Equus, it was their front porch maybe. And so we were like, well, let's just walk around the neighborhood. And it started there. Yeah, because if you're on the back porch, the kids go, hey, real quick. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> well, and I think cool. it was like if you have super littles that you can't leave alone. Right, right. right. I think, you know, you can have the monitor out there while they're asleep. So the key was kids are in bed. Yes. Right, Instead right. of going straight to the TV or whatever other thing we go to um, when kids are all asleep, finally, it was – and there was a season when we said, meet me on the couch. So once everybody was in bed, we would meet on the couch. And whether it was five minutes of talking or whatever it was, it was like a reconnection point. And another thing we do before Bruce goes to work is we just make sure we um, hug each other and pray over each other quick, like doesn't take long. But mm-hmm. it's when I hear his heart for what's going on in his day, he hears what's on heavy on my heart. So I'm praying for my needs a little bit and I'm praying over him a little bit and he's doing the same. And I think, again, I don't know that our kids recognize that that's something we're modeling for them or a reinforcement that they know we are one. Every time we kiss, the boys go, eh, that's gross. And Bruce is like, the one thing you want most is for us to kiss. I promise. Um, What would I tell my younger self? Man. Yeah. Yeah, I did just, I lived really fearfully. So I don't know how I could talk myself out of that. But um, I think God's calling me to more boldness that he has something to say through me and not discount that and be afraid. Yeah, that's so good. Well, you nailed it. Great job. It's so <laughs> fun you. talking to you. We're so yes, thankful that. That's a great conversation. We've enjoyed it so much. Yeah. All right. So how do people find you? How do they follow you? What, what's all? What's up with all that? Give us all that information. It's all at God Centered Mom. So GodCenteredMom.com and then okay. Instagram, Facebook, all that. Well, we're excited for all that's coming your way. Yes, and, uh, thank you. We got a front row seat and we're yeah. cheering you on. So thank, thank you. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. 
And that's the God Center mom. <laughs> man, what a great conversation. Yeah. She's awesome. I know you've gotten the opportunity to spend some one-on-one time with her, yeah. but I mean, I'm so glad that our audience was able to hear from her and hear some of the wisdom that she was able to share. So good. Yeah, I really love how she shared how we can model a life of risk-taking for our kids and how we can really encourage them to overcome that fear and live a life of adventure as well. Super awesome. All right, well, that is a wrap on this episode. Seriously, thank you so much for listening every single week. Yeah. It means so much to us. And if this episode blessed you, we would love it if you take a minute, subscribe, rate, and review, and please share. Share with someone in your life who needs some courage because we believe this could really help them. Yep. And as always, you can find all the info for today's episode over in our show notes at our website, onelife.works. All right. We're going to say it loud. We're going to say it proud. Let's say it together. You only get one life. Live Live it it well. well.